Welcome to the Son of a Preacher podcast. Please sit back and listen to the thoughts and musings from sermons that were first brought to the pulpit four, five, even six decades ago. I am GW, and I am the Son of a Preacher. I am so happy to be talking to you all again today. My dad first brought this message to the pulpit on October 4, 1964. The topic that morning was taking a chance. The scripture was from Luke, the fifth chapter, the end of verses 1 through 11. I'm not going to read you the scripture today because in all honesty, if I read the scripture, I wouldn't have much else to say as I went through this. But let me explain. This was my dad talking to a youth rally. It was multiple churches bringing all their youth together in one place, probably on a Saturday afternoon. And my dad, well, sometimes he was a storyteller. And amazingly, and particularly to me when I was a youth, the youth of the church seemed to like him. And that's obviously a really good thing. And I'm happy that they did. But it also always surprises a son or a daughter when they find out that their parents were actually liked by their friends and their peers. Now, At every church my dad pastored, he and my mom would work together and work really hard with the youth of the church. And they normally set up new programs that the church hadn't done before. They had Wednesday afternoon programs for the youth. They had Sunday afternoon programs for the youth, Friday morning programs for the youth. And usually they had really good results. And I'm really proud of the way that that my mom and my dad worked as a team to do this. But this youth rally was probably 75 to 100 youth, and I was probably there. I was a freshman in high school at the time, and my sister was probably there. She was a senior in high school at that time. And so my dad was speaking, and he told a story. He told a story from Luke, the fifth chapter, the first through the 11th verse. And it's basically the story of, well, one day people were crowding closely around Jesus, And they wanted to hear his message about God's love. And he stood on the shore of a small lake. And Jesus noticed that there were two boats that had drawn up on the beach. And the fishermen had left them there. Well, they were cleaning their nets. And the crowd had grown around them and had grown so much that Jesus wasn't able to make himself heard. So he walked over and he got aboard one of the boats, which belonged to Simon Peter. And he asked Simon Peter to push him out a little ways from the shore. And then he sat down on the, on the prow of the boat, and he continued his teaching. And the crowds, well, because noise travels better over water, the crowds were able to hear him more clearly, more clearly than if he'd been standing on the land. And when he finished speaking to the crowd, he looked at Simon, and he said, Okay, now go ahead and push out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon, well, in all honesty, I think he'd been up all night. He'd been working all night, all day, and he hadn't caught a thing. And Simon told Jesus that. And he said, well, if you say, well, I'll go ahead and I'll go out there one more time just for you. And he lets the nets down or he casts them over the side. And when they did, when they did this, well, they caught an enormous haul of fish. I mean, the hall was so big that they couldn't pull it in without tearing the nets. And so Simon signaled to his friends on shore, and they came out with the other boat, and they came out to help him. 
And they came and they filled both boats right up to the sinking point. So after a day of not having caught any fish at all, well, suddenly there they were. They had two boats completely full of fish. And when Simon saw this, well, he fell on his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh, Lord, stay away from me. I am only a sinful man. And he and his companions, which included Zebedee's sons, James and John, and they were Simon's partners. And they were staggered at the haul of fish that they made. And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, Simon. From now on your catch will be men. You will be fishers of men. And they brought the boats ashore, and they left everything, and they followed Jesus. And that is how, that's really how, you take a big chance. Well, they were in the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is, well, if you happen to be familiar with the small lake up in northern Iowa, near Mason City, and it's called Clear Lake. And it's a relatively small glacier lake, not very deep. And the Sea Galilee is about twice that size. Now, the youth at that weekend rally were all from the northern Iowa area, and they all knew Clear Lake. And so they knew the approximate size of the Sea of Galilee because of that. And in 1964, when my dad was talking, well, people still fished for a living in the Sea of Galilee. And they did it essentially in the same way as they did in the time of Jesus. And they had a small number of docking facilities there. And my, my mom and my dad had taken a trip to the Holy Lands a few years before. So they had actually seen this. And they have docking facilities, and they were made out of stone. And the stone piled up from the bottom to the height of the side of the boat. And it was like a little finger that stuck out into the lake like a dock you would see today, only out of stone. And at one end would be in the shallow water, and the other would be able to float a boat. And so there's a few lessons from this story, a few lessons that my dad tried to, uh, tried to pass on to the youth there at that rally. And one was that these were young men, and they were following another young man. And they dared, they dared to follow the master against the advice of the older generation. And you can imagine that, think of yourself as a young man or a young woman, and you went and you looked at your parents or you looked at your grandparents, and you said, I have met this person. He is a couple years older than I am, but I think he's the smartest guy I've ever known. And I'm going to do everything I can to help him be successful. And your parents and your grandparents and their friends would probably look at you and go, that's a big chance you're taking. That's a really big chance. And But they, Simon Peter and, and James and John, well, in their daring, well, they started a revolution. They not only, you know, helped men to receive the forgiveness of their sins, but they gave power to the ordinary man and, and women, and they gave them the power to succeed. Well, well, today there's a revolution in progress also. Now, my dad was talking in 1964, and in 1964, you just had Kennedy's assassination, and you were deep into Vietnam, and you were coming up on the assassination of Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy, and you were going through all the social changes that occurred during the 60s, and with all the different laws and legislature that was passed, and that was, that was such a time. And in 1964, my, my dad thought that world communism was threatening the whole world and that young men and women of the world over were giving their time and lives for the, for the Christian revolution. 
So take a look at the world in 2021. And we're still having revolutions around the world. I mean, look at Afghanistan and what has gone on there in the last, in the last little bit of time. And look at our own country with the upheaval that we have in the political world today. And take a look at how our youth are used today. I mean, they're going to the mega churches, and the churches where the services are often grand productions and wonderful original music, and the services taken, you know, through the internet to be broadcast worldwide instantly. Every service that they put out is broadcast instantly. And that is so different than in 1964, or even the early 50s, or the 70s, or the 80s. I mean, my dad would be pastoring in a church for his entire working life, but he was never in a church that had a contract with the radio station where you would have a radio ministry. There was usually, in a larger town, there would be one church in a big town that might have that type of contract. And so when, when my dad preached, his words would go out to the people in the congregation on that day, and then they were addressed in their minds and hopefully be thought about and looked at and talked about at dinner that day. But it is unlikely that many people have remembered my dad's sermons verbatim. And it's unlikely that many of them took outlines of my dad's sermons home with them to talk about with their family. But today, you can sit there, and you can log into your church's website, and you can listen to every sermon that has ever been preached there. And that is such a blessing. And this podcast hopefully puts my dad's words out there in a way that they will live and be able to help you and to be able to hopefully provide a little hope for the future. And I really think that my dad, well, even though he would be worried about our country today, I really think that he would be proud of the youth of today and proud of the people who have taken that chance and are following the Lord and spreading the word of the Lord's love. May the Lord bless you, keep you in peace. Thanks for taking your valuable time today to listen to the musings of this son of a preacher. I hope the sermon excerpts from 40, 50 years ago proved to be both interesting and insightful. Please subscribe to this podcast. Let your friends know about this opportunity to see how the Bible and the problems of the world remain amazingly constant. New podcasts should arrive weekly, but there is currently a number of podcasts available if you wish to listen more frequently. May the Lord bless you. Keep you in peace. Thank you.